This podcast is for general information only. It is not intended as a substitute for general health care services. If you have medical conditions, you need to see your doctor. Use of this information is at the user's own risk. Welcome to FitRx with Dr. Greg Dennis. Join me as we challenge the standard sick model of healthcare. This is your source for everything health, wellness, prevention, fitness, biohacking, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of FitRx. I'm your host, Dr. Greg Dennis. I'm going to have a uh, motivational podcast for you today. So uh, I guess it was two weeks ago now, um, I did a bucket list thing and competed in a men's physique competition. Uh, many of you that are close to me know that. Probably many of you listening to this do not. Uh, I had thought about you know, kind of going through my training on a podcast episode, I may still do that. I don't know. But if you're interested in kind of seeing what the final outcome was for me, I do have some pictures posted on my website at drgregdennis.com. And I'll leave those up for a little while if you're, if you're curious. Anyways, uh, it was there that I met my guest uh, today, Nick Kelly and his brother, Adam Kelly. I just you know, thought it would be a great podcast as motivation, and uh, I'm anxious to learn some stuff and what they did. I'm going to let Nick tell more of his story, but basically, he started out obese, lost a lot of weight, and doing what I do, uh, and, you know, I see a lot of people and help a lot of people lose weight, and, and that's great. Most of the people that lose a significant amount of weight look a little softer they've got some excess skin what was impressive about nick he did a bodybuilding show obviously that's where i met him he was just jacked probably five percent body fat body fat looked fantastic uh and this is coming starting out as obese uh never had any surgery to get rid of the loose skin and so got to talking to him and just thought it was a really cool story his brother adam is here who trains him and so he's going to, you know, we'll talk more specifically about kind of the, the nutritional science that they use to, uh, you know, just kind of change uh, Nick's body. So I hope you enjoy our conversation here. I know I'm going to. So Nick, Adam, welcome to the show. Howdy. It's got there, out again. There he is. All right, you're all right. You're all right. So, okay. Um, so Nick, uh, I'll start with you. And so I got a little bit of, of your story at the show, but but I want to hear a little more of that. So uh, you were you were once obese. Um, and so let's just start there. Uh, tell us a little bit about kind of that history, what initially clicked in your mind to make some some changes and how you lost weight let's just start there and then we'll get into how you went from maybe normal weight to really really low body fat as you were at the show but first just talk about when you were overweight kind of your motivation to start changing and what you did to start losing that weight gotcha well yeah uh i mean obesity has reigned in my family Uh, my mother was large her mother was large my father had his times of being fit but essentially he's a larger man as well so it was in my genetics just to be a large man. And so that ballooned. It's a blessing and a curse because not only am I able to put on a lot of size, it can be the right size or the wrong size. 
And so for a long time, it was the wrong size, but I worked out my whole life. I've always played football, basketball, pretty much any sport, pretty athletic, but I was always that big athletic guy, the guy that was too big to be playing his position. And uh, so I ballooned up probably four, it was about three, four years ago now, ballooned up to 360 was the largest weight I was when I decided to step on the scale. So it was definitely larger. I was larger than that. But when I worked up the courage to step on the scale, it read 360. And from that point, what really clicked is just my new wife. Uh, I was married previously and through that whole transition, you know, life will get to you. And I made a lot of poor decisions and that's why I got as big as I did. But with the new lease on life, new marriage, we have a child. Uh, I wanted to be that role model to let them know that anything was possible. And so first was getting my health because I don't want to cut my time short here on earth. And I want to give them the best of me because that's what they deserve. So with the help of my brother, he's always kind of been my, my cheat code, um, always giving me nutritional information. He's always doing the studying and I just apply his science. And so he introduced me to keto, which was a low carb variety. I mean, we've done low carb pretty much the whole time we've tried to lose weight, but keto was a way to actually track the macros. And I believe that's what was the difference between my past attempts and then this successful one was actually keeping track of what I was consuming and what I was consuming because we started keto. I'd say I'd probably lost 120 pounds on keto. Majority of my success was on keto, but then we eventually trans transitioned into a carnivore eating lifestyle as well to where I was pretty much only eating meat and it was, practically ground hamburger meat was the staple of my diet, that and eggs. And so just using that, I was able to get myself down on my wedding day. I weighed 195 pounds, which was my lowest I had been. And this was in June, June 6, 2020 is when I hit that. And so then my brother, he just challenged me. He was like, when are you going to do a show? He's always said this, but he would just, it was just on this day. I said, the day you coach me is the day I'll do a show. So we accepted that challenge of one another. And so he went and got all of the certifications he needed in order to train me. And then he just applied the science, applied his already known knowledge. And we formulated just a keto bodybuilding diet that we use during the training because I was already accustomed to it. So it was kind of easier just to do it that way and with that we just had a lot of success luckily I mean I already had muscle from my years and years and years of training wrong and eating wrong so I had the size it was just it was covered by fat and so we got me up to probably about two I think my highest was 233 during my prep and then we cut down to the lowest being 191 pounds And so then up into the show, you know, we kind of ate more carbs. So that way he called it a, it's a linear diet, linear carb cycle in order to get me fuller. Cause I was very flat at 191. I looked like death, Uh, no energy, you know, but it was working and it's what my body needed. So we started cycling carbs, putting in more and more closer to show dates. So that way my body could get full and my muscles could get full and I was lucky enough to weigh, well, not luckily enough, we ended up weighing 197 Friday night at weigh-ins. And that was me pretty full, feeling good. 
uh, still had a lot of my definition. It was a beautiful transition. Yeah. Well, you looked fantastic. And, and I want to get into to those specifics uh, more here in a minute, but kind of, kind of going back to just the general weight loss. So you were already pretty strong. You, you had some muscle on you, but you still lost, did you say 160 pounds? Is that what you said? It was, I would say about 120, 120, 120 pounds. Okay. Yeah, and and how, how long, how long did that take? What time frame are we talking about? I would say definitely a year and a half. Okay. But it was definitely a slow weight loss. It wasn't anything dramatic. It okay. was definitely like a progression. So it gave my body time to adapt and like the loose skin, for instance, you know, since it wasn't a dramatic weight loss, it was really able to keep its elasticity and stay pretty tight. And uh, did you keep your strength or did you lose a lot of strength as you were losing this weight? Uh, I did lose some strength. Uh, I've never really been like a super power lifter. It's more about doing a weight that I could manage to lift about 10 to 12 times. And so we kept reps very high, but we kept the weight just as high as well. And so I definitely lost strength because I wasn't, we weren't going for the heavy, heavy weight. Uh, we were already in prep pretty much. So I did notice a loss of strength, but it wasn't, it wasn't too much, luckily. And so when you lost all this weight, uh, and, and you said you were around about 200 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. And then, it, so it was at that point that, that you decided to do a show and just kind of take it to the next level. Is that correct? Yep. That was the next stepping stone. Okay. And so Adam, uh, I want you to jump in here and just kind of tell us a little bit about you and and your background in in nutrition and just kind of how you got involved with all this and and your input on on his journey thus far all right well like like you said my name is adam adam kelly um i've been into health and fitness for probably the last 10 to 12 years i want to say um i've had my moments of going back and forth with weight um, with eating issues and things like that sugar addiction um, I as well had went up into the mid 300 pound range and now right about 240 and continuing to clean up that. But um, I have a, well, first of all, I'm a certified personal trainer. So that's my background in fitness. Uh, I've worked in a couple of different gyms in the past, uh, worked with people online to in person. And then I, I am also a nutritional coach. And so I have a pretty in-depth education as far as health and fitness. Um, Keto was something that I discovered just through research. When I was in school for personal training, my instructor, he actually did paleo. And that was when I first ever heard about paleo. And he real lean, athletic. And I was like, well, you don't need to lose weight. So why are you on a diet? And he explained everything as far as, you know, the, the issues that a lot of people have with grains and, you know, with these different foods, these carbohydrates that we eat. And so that led me down the rabbit hole down to keto. And so as time has went on and as, my education has evolved and developed. I've brought my brother along as well because we've always been neck and neck with everything. And so, you know, feeding off of each other of information. So whenever I kind of stumbled across keto, had some success with it, learned the science. That's when I introduced it to him as a further way to get results. And he basically took off with it and ran from there. And, you know, each thing that I've suggested, he's taken it and modeled it perfectly. Um, so when it comes down to his prep, um, first of all, it's 100% his dedication and sacrifice and his hard work and discipline that is the only reason why we saw what we saw. And so just really, it just comes down to manipulating the metabolism 
at the end of the day. Um, you know, we do that through weight loss in general. But whenever it comes to a prep, whenever it comes to trying to get to the, those very low levels of body fat while retaining muscle mass, be very difficult. And it definitely comes down to a chess game of trying different things, adjusting different variables, and uh, basically testing the body and what, what each person is capable of, what, how each person responds to different stimulus, to different nutrition protocols, to different recovery protocols and things like that. So he's, um, he's done really well with it, and I'm, I'm super impressed. Sure. Yeah. So Nick, uh, when did you decide to start training for, uh, for bodybuilding? Was it, do you mean the show specifically or yeah, yeah. Both, I guess. Or, uh, I mean, being athletic, you know, I've always loved working out and as I've gotten older, uh, it's just become a release for me. Uh, I would say, I mean, it's therapy. I, would walk around with anger issues if I didn't work out. So it's in everyone's best interest that I do train because it keeps me level. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so when, when did you decide though to actually do a, a bodybuilding show? At what point was that? Uh, you know, we always joked around with it, but it wasn't until I would say it was January or either late January, or early February around that time that we actually made the like January, early February. Yeah. Of, of 2020, of 2021. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And if you had to guess what percentage body fat do you think you were at that time when you decided to pursue? I'm not it sure. Was about 19%. Okay. So yeah, it was about 19% whenever we started the prep and okay. then we went through a mini bulking phase to where he went up to probably, it was close. It was between 21 and 22% body fat the last time we measured and that was right when we started the actual cut and trickling things down wow okay so you're making me feel bad now uh because i because <laughs> i started out about probably i don't know 11 percent um when i started for this show and got down to only probably i'm guessing eight i don't know i wasn't near as cut as you um so you went from about 20 to i don't know five or six i'm, I'm guessing just by looking at you so uh, that's super impressive. Uh, so at the first of the year, you're around 20% body fat, and then you decide to start doing this show. So you, um, you, de you decide to put a little bit of bulk on and Adam, you can jump in here anytime you want, but, uh, and, and so are you still doing fairly strict keto at this time or did things change when you, uh, you know, put your eyes on the show? Well, now we're in a growing phase. So now, I mean, yeah, keto is my lifestyle. Like I'll never not do keto. Uh, it's a part of me. It's what it helps me. I, I feel great. I, I'm rarely sick. Uh, I have no health issues that I'm aware of anyways. And I mean, like my family constantly, my household, that's, they're constantly fighting sickness. So it's always around me. But for some reason, I myself don't get sick. And I would have to contribute that to my diet because that's the only thing different between me and what my family's doing. They just pretty much, you know, live the American dream of eating what they like. But me, on the other hand, everything is strategical and accounted for. And so, yeah, keto, no matter what, I have to, I feel as if I have to stick with keto because essentially that's the way my body best performs in general and including bodybuilding. Okay. So, but when you started bulking, for us, you said you, uh, you guys bulked for a short time. Uh, did you just up your calories still doing keto or did you add more carbs at that time? 
You want me to cut in? Yeah, go ahead, Adam. You got that. So at that time, so at that time, um, he was doing he was intermittent fasting really hard whenever we first decided to take on the competition. Um, he was his calories were super low. So I mean, he was probably around two thousand calories average because he was intuitive eating eating when hungry which as you know when you're deep in ketosis isn't you're not hungry very often so basically in the initial period which was six about six to seven weeks we went through a real quick bulk and basically it wasn't necessarily to put on muscle although he did which you know that muscle doesn't tend to stick but it was more to build up his metabolism so that we had wiggle room when it was actually time to cut because as you know the lower that you get on body fat um, the more in shape that you get your metabolism can down regulate and that can slow down fat loss and in order to combat that you can either increase output or decrease input so we wanted to build his metabolism up to where we actually had that room and capability to adjust that variable without starving him so we went through that quick bulk phase of hard heavy training uh, we built this calorie from like i said around the 2000 range i think we kept him out about 3200 calories we maintained that for a couple of weeks just try to give his body a little time to adapt to that you know metabolic rate and then whenever we switched to the actual cut, we slowly started bringing calories back down as we started slowly increasing cardio. We started actually slowing down. We lessened the amount of time that he was training. We went from five days to four days. We went from, you know, an hour and a half to two hours to an hour to, or 45 minutes to an hour. And so basically just started manipulating those variables in order to start the weight loss process. And um, so it, it wasn't, we were doing refeeds and, and we can get into that if you want. Um, about refeeds, about carb loads, things like that through, throughout dieting. So we, you know, deplete carbs and then on the weekend have a refeed or a cheat meal, you know, just depending however you structure your nutrition. And, but we've kept, we kept the same keto mentality as far as depleting carbs, using ketones and then refilling and going through that process. And we just built basically as calories up. We didn't really bring uh, carbs up that much. We really focused on bringing the fats up just because it's easier to get your calories higher with fats anyways. And okay, then, like so, I said, we do the weekend. We continue the refeed throughout the whole prep. So initially, when you did that short bulking phase, when, when you guys decided to do the competition, what you said you, were, you went up to 3,000, 3,500 calories. What percentage of carbohydrates would you say he was eating at that time? As far as food wise? Yes, just in general, like what, how many grams of carbs you think he was getting or what percentage of total calories were carbohydrates? Highest, we usually kept them under 100 grams on the regular. And okay, then so, so still, we, pretty, we do still pretty low. Training carbs. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely very low carb. If you, if you consider what a low carb diet is, you know, usually 150 grams or less, he was always very low. And we wouldn't go very far beyond 100 grams unless we were doing a refeed. So it was usually anywhere between 50 to 100 grams. Um, and we would do pre-carbs before the workout, a super starch supplement. So it's, you know, low glycemic, doesn't affect insulin levels, anything like that, just pure glycogen to the muscle um use that to burn in training and to spare muscle and then he just had just a little bit of carbs after that to kind of replenish just a tad bit of glycogen and the rest of the time it's based like he said ground beef and eggs for the most part until we got to where we were really cutting and having to cut calories and then we started cutting fats down further to where it went basically chicken and we had to start pulling the fats but during yeah. his bulk he was definitely still ketogenic in the sense of eating. Okay. And so after this short bulk, so that was uh, say back in January, you said you did that for maybe six weeks. So now we're, we're coming into the spring, February, March. Um, and, and so what changed then you said you're, you, you kind of, that's when you, you kind of start dropping the calories. Is that correct? 
Yeah, that's whenever we started downshifting everything. So basically, the first thing we did is we uh, adjusted his training to where he was training harder, but for less days of the week so we can fit in more cardio without over fatiguing him because that's, you know, it's always something you have to watch for is too much fatigue. And so basically, we added cardio initially, just like 30 minutes of cardio a day for four to five days a week, depending on because he was doing posing practice also. So we counted that as a cardio day. And so we didn't really change food all that much initially because I don't like to manipulate that. You know, obviously, you want to manipulate food last. You want to be able to eat as much as you can for as long as you can, knowing that you're going to taper down. And so basically per week to every two weeks, we would drop anywhere from 50 to 200 calories, just depending on how his body's responding. So if he, you know, initially you tend to drop a lot more weight in the beginning of prep than you do at the end of prep. So if he was losing four or five pounds a week, you know, we would keep food high. Once his weight started, once he stopped losing weight, then I would cut calories down 50 to 100 grams and try to slowly bring him into a deficit. So we didn't spend that six weeks bulking his calories up for nothing. A lot of people drop calories super quickly. And then you get to where your athletes basically eating nothing and doing two hours of cardio and you have nothing less to, you have nothing left to change at that point. So we want to slowly bring his food down. And the first thing, obviously we had to start with was fats because carbs were so low. So as we tapered down, like I said, on the weekend, one day on the weekend, we would have a carb load to where he would eat anywhere between 200 to 400 grams of carbs that day, clean carbs. And um, then he would get right back into a low carb. Did you say 200 to 400 grams of carbs on a refeed yes. day? And yes, did, or and, just and on you, the refeed. So we kept, you, I kept calories the same and on the refeed days. I just basically switched his macro. So I basically swapped out fats for carbs and went low fat those days, high carb. Because typically when you have a high carb, high fat is when you tend to have the most weight gain. You know, you can lose weight, high carb, low fat, or vice versa. It's just the other health benefits of keto is what I love about low carb and a ketogenic yeah. eating style. But um, go ahead. Uh, and and you would do this refeed about once a week, did you say? Yeah, it was. It started off as once a week, and then we had a short period because he was losing so fast and he would get flat so fast, and you're constantly – and that's the difficult part of using a ketogenic diet for bodybuilding when it comes to cutting – is because it's very, very hard to keep the muscles full and volumized without carbohydrates because, you know, long story short, the muscles, they hold water, which pushes against the muscle, which pushes it against the skin, which makes that full round muscle look. Well, if you're not consuming carbohydrates, which is part of, you know, glycogen stores into the muscle, well, three times the amount of water weight per gram of carbs stores into the muscle as well. So that's why when you eat carb, you know, you'll get a good pump, even if you don't go to the gym because you're just volumizing basically. So it's very hard to do that in a ketogenic state constantly. So basically, we just worked around that, like I said, by having the refeed on the weekend. Started off as just once a weekend, but once he started losing too fast or we would just couldn't get full from that one day, then we would do a midweek refeed where basically we would just bump it up to maybe 100 to 150 carbs, just give him a little bit more of a carb load that day just to fuel his workout for the rest of the week. So by Saturday, he didn't look, you know, completely flat and depleted. And so let's skip now to, oh, let's just say we're kind of May, June. So a couple of months out from the competition. Give me an idea of the, the macros as far as what percentage of protein, what percentage of fat. And then, I'm, you know, we're still pretty low carb at this point on most days. But, but give me an idea 
what you guys were doing as far as how much protein and, and uh, fat? Well, throughout the whole prep, protein has been virtually uh, non-changing. I think that's one variable that shouldn't really change unless unless you're just eating a lot of protein and maybe at the very end, that's the only way you can cut calories down lower. And obviously the last, the Friday before the show or show day, protein's not as important because it's not going to do much at that point. But I, we kept protein the same entire time, which was about 290 grams a day. And that allowed us to drop calories lower while still keeping him full and fed. And um, the 290 grams. Carbohydrates. Uh, again, we were still in the 50 to 80 carb range. Go ahead. Uh, so I would just say you said 290 grams of protein. And so uh, I'm assuming for his weight, that's probably about 1.5 grams of protein per pound of body weight, probably right around there. Yeah, between 1.5 and 2. Okay. That's a lot of protein. Um, I've, I've been trying to up my protein recently and that's challenging. Um, and so to get that amount, are we talking about a lot of eggs, whey protein shakes, chicken, fish, all the above? What, what kind of stuff, Nick, were you eating? Uh, well, it was, like I said, uh, one thing that was huge for me was keeping it simple. Uh, so I didn't introduce a lot of different foods while I was doing this. So easily enough, I mean, to get my proteins, it was, I would do a protein shake prior to training. I would do another protein shake after training. And then I would usually have about three meals of beef, which were probably five to eight ounces per serving. And then I would have one more protein shake prior to bed and eggs as well. Uh, would be my dinner. Always. I would have an omelet. So it'd be actually eggs with hamburger meat would be my dinner. So it was just constant protein. Okay. And did you have to cut the protein shakes out a little bit before the show? Because my coach made me do uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we started tapering down on my protein, getting closer to show day. And as we did that, because we wanted to, not only him, but I also wanted to keep food because, you know, protein it absorbs quickly. And so you're not full very long at all for a protein shake. So that's why we would taper down the protein shakes. So that way I would have more food to consume throughout my day. Gotcha. Um, okay. So just to kind of summarize, you started at the first of the year and I feel like this is important again, because a lot of people who listen to this have lost a lot of weight and, you know, they may not, you know, want to, to get in a competition shape, but just to get a little bit more lean, I just think getting these concepts is important. So you start off at the first of the year, you were still overall pretty low carb. You did a brief bulking period. Uh, you were eating high protein this whole time. And we're talking one and a half to two grams a protein per pound of body weight, which that's a lot of protein. Slowly, you started uh, cutting calories, still keeping carbs pretty low, protein and fat pretty high, but just cutting calories. And then, so now we're getting on closer to showtime. And so as we get close to showtime, as I learned doing this process, you got to start manipulating even more and manipulating the, the carbs and also at least for me, the, the water intake, 
um, you know, increased cardio and stuff like that. So as we're, as we start getting, you know, a couple of weeks out of showtime and then right before showtime kind of walk us through, uh, what that looked like for you and either one of y'all can jump in on that. Well, I can give my version. So essentially we, uh, I would say a month prior to the show date, we really started depleting me. Uh, we took my calories super low. It was the lowest we'd been the whole time. I think we dropped all the way. I think the lowest was 1900, somewhere around there. And so I was depleted. I mean, I could feel it. I could tell the difference. And then we just slowly started to add the carbs back in because we were down. So I believe during when, when I was depleting, we were only at 20 grams of carbs. Wow. Yeah, it was very, very, very low and very, very difficult, but I made it. And uh, so then we just started slowly adding it pretty much week by week. But pictures and the scale were vital for just to see what adding the carbs in was doing to my body. And we were still having the refeed days. Uh, We would typically, you know, still have the one on Sunday to start the week off. And then really depending on how I looked after that refeed or a couple of days after my body adjusted, we would determine if I then needed like the midweek recarb up to see if I could get full again. Uh, but if I didn't, and if I, I had overflow, then we would just leave it out and we would just continue on until the next weekend. And then we would incorporate again, it was more of a keto refeed. It was strictly pretty much just rice cakes, rice and white potatoes, just fast absorbing carbs that my body could use and get rid of. And then as we started building up and then I would say probably the week before competition, we were at, I would say like a hundred carbs and we started increasing it by like 50 per day while tapering down on the protein and the fats. Now, were these refeed days, are, are they still 200 plus carbs per day? Well, the- I'll, I'll jump in on that because I'm looking over the, our notes right now. Because uh, there, like the last month, it was basically, well, yeah, definitely the last month. It was a day-to-day adjustment period. He would send me pictures at night in his weight, and then he would send me pictures again in his weight the next morning. So I'd be able to try to account for, you know, how much hydration he was losing um, and then watching that over the week. So once we got down to that point, we um, it was very day-to-day basis. Let's see, a week out. It was a week and a half out whenever we started bumping up the calories and the carbs. Um, and then the refeeds were, see, the Monday before, we were at 400 grams of carbs. And then we tapered it back down to 30 carbs and then slowly built it back up. So basically, the the premise of why I was adjusting his carbs so much day to day was whenever whenever you're in ketosis so long and whenever you're low carb for so long and your body's so used to burning fat, uh, the body tends to not respond as well to a high carbohydrate load. So that's why a lot of people, and we've probably all experienced this within low carb. If you do, if you go low carb for, you know, a few weeks, you're doing great. And then say you have a cheat meal or a cheat day, someone can easily put on 10 to 15 pounds within that couple of days. And, Obviously, a big part of that is glycogen refilling throughout the muscles in the liver, and you've got water refilling into the muscles, but it just really tends to throw you off because our bodies just don't process the carbohydrates as efficiently as they do whenever you're using a dual fuel source. And so 
I was trying to get his body more accustomed to a carb load. So that way, whenever we got to peak week and we actually got to where we needed to really start pushing the carbs, he didn't just gain a bunch of water and spill over and ruin, you know, all of his hard work because his body just couldn't handle, the, you know, the carb load. So we, the last month, last two months to the last month and on, we really played around with the refeeds. We would try a refeed where we would do, you know, 100 carbs and then watch his pictures, see how he looks, see how he performed in the gym, his energy levels. And then if it, if it looked like he never even had anything, if he looked the same way he did the day before, well, then I would bump up carbs some more. Then he'd get full. He'd look good, you know, and then it gets to the point where he'd have a little spillover. And basically in the bodybuilding world, spillover is whenever your glycogen levels are full in your muscles and in your liver. Basically, the muscles don't have any more room for glycogen. And so when it stops absorbing that glycogen, it'll start releasing water out of the muscle tissue as well. And that'll go under the subcutaneous layer of skin, which is just right underneath the skin. It'll come out from the muscle into the skin, which gives you that kind of bloated, soft, you know, what we call a washed out look. Maybe you had abs earlier in the day. And then all of a sudden at the end of the day, after, you know, maybe too many calories, you don't have abs anymore, but you're still lean, but you don't look as lean as you actually are. And that's where the spillover happens. So like I said, long story short, we really, we really, it's a chess game. It's, it's smoke and mirrors. It's, it's making constant adjustments and then watching how the body responds because I could do something and we have the same genetics. And I could do something and it affects my body differently than his because of our age difference, because of our, you know, our weight difference, our metabolism difference, our muscle mass difference. And so that's really what the, not necessarily secret, but that's really what it was all about was just manipulating things day by day as his body responded, whichever way he decided to. Yeah. Now that's definitely uh, uh, scientific. I, th I think I experienced that spillover on the day of the show because uh, I, I think I ate completely wrong um, after the prejudging and I was pretty soft come the nighttime, which probably cost me the winning the overall because I won all my categories. I didn't win the overall and supposedly it was pretty close, but I was pretty, I was pretty soft uh, by the evening. And so um, I don't, you know, it was my first time. It was a learning, uh, you know, curve for me. But uh, I, I think I just did not do some things right the day of, and especially the afternoon after prejudging. And I, I do think I, I overflowed is, or you know, what you're saying. So talk a little bit. You mentioned peak week, um, which was kind of miserable for me, <laughs> and I don't know that uh, I will ever do this again because of that one week. Um, but talk about. <laughs> talk about what you guys did. I mean, for me, it was just, of course, I'm, I'm in a calorie deficit. And then a few days prior, uh, I start restricting water. Um, and so I was pretty dehydrated the day of the show, as was a lot of people. But what was different about you, Nick, is you're over there drinking, drinking water. And I don't mean another guy kept, we were like, what is the deal? I mean, this guy's ripped and he's over there just drinking water. So uh, tell us about what, what the peak week looked like for y'all and then especially you know the day before the show the day of the show i'll go ahead and jump in on this one since i'm looking at the numbers right here uh, and, and with the water thing that's funny because the friday before that well two weeks out i bumped actually bumped his water up from a little bit over a gallon to two gallons a day and he maintained that all the way through friday and then saturday morning pre-show he was probably close to a gallon whenever he went on stage wow and was still 
very lean and tight. So that, that's a whole another rabbit hole within itself. But as far as calories go, two Mondays before we had a big refeed. And then, so I brought his calories up closer to maintenance. He was at 2,800. And so brought his calories up higher for the refeed just to give him some more nutrients, more fuel. And then we cut it back down to 2,200 uh, 2200 calories the next day. And basically from there is where we really started watching and monitoring. And every day after that, we would increase. So we went a couple days at 2200. His body adapted to it. And basically when I say adapted, whenever you have a calorie increase, and especially a carb increase, you it's easy to gain water weight. It's easy to refill glycogen, which will affect your scale weight. So by monitoring the scale is really how we decided and obviously the way he looks on what we needed to increase. And so basically from there, every day we either kept calories the same if he just if he looked a little softer or we would increase calories. Uh, looks like 100 calories each day after that. So we would go seven days out. We had him up to 2,300 calories. So there was 100 calories that week increased. Um, the next day I bumped it up 200 more calories because he kept losing weight. That was a problem we dealt with the last week or two. But he looks good, about as lean as I thought we could get him realistically. Um, but then he started losing weight even more. And so I was trying to balance his weight out because his weight cap for his class is 212, 212 pounds. And we were at 191 pounds. So we were, you know, 20 pounds away from the top of his class, which, you know, you don't want. That's not really ideal typically. But for your first show, you don't know. Um, so... I wanted to keep his weight the same or start bringing it back up as we're filling him up. And so each day, like I said, it, I bumped it up either 100 to 200 calories to, and this is through peak week. So most people suffer. Most people aren't eating anything. Most people are really depleting, depleting hard to do a backload, which is basically where you eat a bunch of, you deplete completely from carbohydrates, you know, the beginning of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, typically, then typically Thursday, Friday, or just Friday, you do a carb load where you eat mainly just carbohydrates to try to fill the muscles up after being depleted. But with his, we did something that's called a um, linear period, a linear progression to where instead of doing a back load where you deplete, 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 and then try to reload at the end and hopefully you don't eat too much. This is more where you try to get ready earlier, you know, a week two to three weeks out. So then you can start met up, start building the metabolism back up and start slowly pushing food back up to get fuller and fuller and fuller while keeping the same leanness that you've already obtained. So his peak week was probably the best he felt throughout his whole prep because we went all the way from, we started peak week at 2,200 calories. And by Thursday, we were at 2,800 calories. So we actually added almost a thousand calories from his low point in his prep to the day of the show. And like I said, that was mainly pushing carbohydrates. Beginning of the week, we started at 100 grams of carbs. And then each day from there, I bumped it up either 50 carbs, 25 to 50 carbs, depending on how he looked again. So it's all just, you know, how he's looking, because that's really all that matters on stage. They don't have a scale waiting for you to walk up there. It's, you know, whoever looks the best. So, so you started increasing carbs like a week before rather than because I didn't get to start doing that till really the night before the show, but, but you guys started about a week before and just slowly started adding each day. Is that correct? Right. So basically the idea is again, like you said, you did a back load, which is where you deep deplete the muscles completely. 
get them completely flat, and then you try to refill them quickly at the end, and you're kind of guesstimating to try to get the best look that you can without doing without overdoing it. And so with the progression that we did, it's a slow progression where you start low and you just slowly increase each day. And basically, you're wanting to find the fullness that you want to see on stage. You know, usually people after they've had a refeed or a cheat day, you know, the next day they're looking tight or vascular, you know, the muscles are bulging. They get a great pump in the gym. And that's typically the look that you want, not the depleted flat look. So with this strategy, you basically obtain the fullness that you want to see on stage. And then the rest of the time up until show day, all you're doing is trying to maintain that. So instead of guessing at the end, you know, hey, maybe 200 carbs is enough. Okay, well, maybe we need to throw in another 50. Okay, maybe another this much. And it's just guessing basically based off of how you react. This more finds your glycogen ceiling to where you, right before you start spilling over, and then you just, like I said, you try to maintain that all week. So it could be, you know, you're going on the week. Now you're starting to look soft. You're starting to spill over a little bit. So now you just cut carbs back a little bit. It can be 25 grams of carbs and cut back for a day. And then let the body balance itself out. And then you say, okay, now that you're, now that your weight is stable for a day, let's increase it a little bit more. And basically, like I said, you're chasing that same fullness all throughout the week, rather having to feel like death and then hopefully be able to land, you know, peak at the right time. Interesting. Um, I do want to ask about the water thing and we don't have to go in depth about it, but that was something different for y'all is, you know, Nick, you were sitting there drinking water where nobody, nobody else was. And especially if you were drinking a gallon that day, I mean, that's, that's a lot, uh, you know, cause pretty much everyone else was dehydrating themselves. And, and so what, what was the mindset with that? Well, basically another thing that is different from what we did to what is kind of traditional, you have this traditional bodybuilding mentality, which is part of that is the super deeply on uh, peak week and then back loading or front loading where some people will front load carbohydrates in the beginning of the week and then taper it down and basically try to, you know, recover from spilling over all week. One thing that we didn't change also is sodium levels. A lot of people cut their sodium, especially like the day before, or the night before they cut out or at least taper it down. And then a lot of people don't have any sodium, you know, show day. And we kept sodium extremely high and we kept it consistent throughout the whole time. We actually added um, Morton has a light salt that ha is half sodium, half potassium, because potassium is a big thing. You know, a lot of times whenever you're that lean and you get that depleted, it's hard to level your potassium. And it, obviously you begin cramping and things like that on stage. So we added in the potassium sodium and kept the sodium high, kept it level and kept water the same. And so the, the principle behind that is you can't get a pump without water and sodium. You, you can't be vascular without sodium. It's if, if you deplete hard enough and you've depleted your electrolytes, you're going to be, you're going to have no veins. You're going to be soft because the muscles require hydration to be full, which also the carbs play into that as well. They go hand in hand, but so a lot of people think that in order to obtain a very, very lean look, you need to be super, super dry. And they think that means that you dehydrate yourself. Well, the problem with that is the body is always looking for homeostasis. It always wants to be level and everything to feel as normal as possible. So when you actually cut sodium, your body will start retaining water and retaining the electrolytes that you have left because it, that's its protected 
system. That's the way that it, it stops you from dying from dehydration because usually dehydration is electrolyte depletion a lot more than it is, you know, a lack of water. And so whenever you cut water and you cut sodium, not only are you aiding to being flat, but you have a lot bigger chance of a spillover because those the glycogen just isn't going to absorb as well into the muscle without pulling water in with it. And like I said, if, if you're dehydrated, if you don't have enough water, your muscles will release the water that it has stored to keep you hydrated because it's not going to let you purposely become dehydrated. That's, you know, it's, like I said, it's the homeostasis effect that we're always looking for. So it's just not, it's just kind of counterintuitive on a physiological level, the way that the muscles operate, the way that glycogen operates, the way that hydration works to really cut water. It's just something that has been done for a long time in the industry. It's actually very dangerous. You know, cutting sodium is, can be very dangerous. You see a lot of these athletes that are taking heavy diuretics and they're eating very low sodium and then they cut their water. And we have athletes that are dying from it, from being too depleted and too dehydrated. So keeping the muscles hydrated allows them to be full the sodium, the higher sodium levels allows for the vascularity, which isn't important for a show, but you know, everybody, it's obviously we want to be vas vascular and keep, like I said, keeping the body hydrated. So it's able to achieve that fullness and really keep the carbs in the muscle, keep the glycogen in the muscle. So I think the take home, hopefully everybody's still with us here. I know we've been getting, uh, you know, kind of technical, um, you know, what I learned from, from doing all this, I, I live at about 10 to 12% body fat probably. And so to get down to these levels, even seven, 8%, you guys got a you know, lot less than that. You gotta, you gotta get scientific with it. You know, everything you're just describing and there are several different theories out there about how to do that, but you got to find you a coach, somebody that knows what they're doing and you got to get a little scientific, you know, it's not, really natural, uh, to get down to four or five, 6% body fat. So you got to manipulate some things, but anyways, uh, Nick, I, I want for people to be able to see your transformation. Um, and I know on your Facebook page you have from when you were obese, and then I think you have some recent photos. Is that, is that the best way if people wanted to just like log on and see your, your, your pictures kind of before and after, is that the best place to, to do it? Or do you have somewhere else people can actually see those pictures? Uh, I mean, yeah, all my social media accounts, you know, I really, I like to inspire people because there was a point where I didn't even think this was possible myself. And so just to see people see my story and then it changed their lives, it inspires me to continue inspiring them. So yeah, there's definitely different photos from different times combined with more recent photos for comparison because sometimes I still don't even believe the person I see when I look in the mirror so even just reflecting back on those myself helps and me how do they find that on either Facebook or Instagram or both yeah on Instagram it's king underscore kelly k-e-l-l-e-y underscore four zero on Instagram and then nicholas kelly just nicholas k-e-l-l-e-y on Facebook and there's plenty of photos there to see the old me versus the new me. Okay. And I do encourage people to get on and, and look uh, because it's just, it's very impressive. <laughs> very impressive what both of you guys did. And, uh, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show because, I mean, the transformation is just uh, phenomenal. Like I said, I, I don't, 
I, I see a lot of people that lose a lot of weight, but not, you know, not get to, you know, 5% body fat and, and look like you did. So anyway, just uh, very impressive. So congratulations on your uh, performance on the show. So what's next for you as far as in, in uh, the sport of bodybuilding? Oh, well, me and my coach are going to tag team this again and uh, we're going to come back bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely going to continue to compete. Uh, we're going to take a year to grow and then sometime around November of next year, we're thinking, uh, do another show. So hopefully I can make it to the pro level. Uh, I feel like I'm going to, so we just have to do the work. Okay. So no, no more shows this year. Uh, you're looking at probably another year. Oh yeah. 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 We definitely want to bring a much improved package to the stage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever do another one. It did spark, you know, a little bit of interest in me. It was, it was a, a unique experience. If I, uh, it, it was a learning experience. If I ever do it again, um, I'll do some things a little differently. I'll definitely start earlier. That was one big difference is, as I've been listening to you guys, uh, you started a whole lot earlier than me. <laughs> uh, and I didn't really start getting serious until probably June. Uh, and then I had a vacation in July already scheduled. And, and so that was pretty much a week where, you know, it was just regular food and alcohol. And, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, that was the very first week of July. And then once I got back from there, I was, you know, I was dead on, but you know, that was what six weeks out from the show or something. So, um, anyways, uh, definitely, you know, I need to start earlier uh, as you guys did. So uh, great story. Like I said, really, really encourage you guys to go and look at the pictures. Um, anything else, uh, before we kind of close up here that you guys want to throw out there? Yeah, I would actually like to add just two quick things, uh, based on what we've discussed so far. One thing I'd like to bring up is that Nick is 100% natural. So, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, in order to get that lean, you have to do this, this, you get that size. You He's 100% natural, food, protein, BCAAs, you know, nothing outside of that. So actually next year I'm trying to convince him to go into the natural league here in Oklahoma. I think he would do great because he doesn't, you know, he – he could pass for not being natural by how great he looked, you know, at his muscle mass. So I think he would do great. So that's one thing, just so everybody knows, you know, there was no cheating. There was no secret sauce. There was no nothing. It was just strictly diet and exercise. And then also, as far as it comes to skin, loose skin, I know that you'd mentioned that, and that's always one of the biggest things we all deal with that have lost quite a bit of weight. And what I think the difference that made for him is, one, he did so much intermittent fasting to lose all the weight. I think that plays a big role into skin tightness. Um, there is a little bit of science looking into that, but just my anecdotal evidence, I would say, you know, that was a big part of it. And then also, most people, when you have excess skin, there's usually still a decent amount of body fat within that layer of skin. And so getting as lean as he did, I think that's what helped also remove a lot more because he had a lot more excess skin early on. And we were actually really worried about that and figured that would probably be the thing that makes him lose. But when it came to show day, it looked like he had none for the most part, which was a huge change. Yeah. So I just yeah. want to throw that out there because I know a lot of us deal with that and, you know, just stay encouraged and keep keep after it. You don't know what your body's capable of until you take it there. Well, and that, that's what's impressive is just, and that's why I like weightlifting and bodybuilding and those, 
kinds of things is I like seeing what the body is capable of. And uh, I mean, Nick, you're just a great example of what the body is capable of and going from where you started to where you are now, uh, you know, the body's capable of a lot. And if you have the, the desire and, and the knowledge, uh, I mean, you know, there's just no limit to what you can do uh, with the body. So yeah, I think it's really cool. So uh, what do you think? Well, I mean, the, we just had the show a couple of weeks ago, but where do you think you're sitting at now body fat wise? And where do you think you're going to live, you know, for this next six months of, of training that you're going to be doing? Uh, well, uh, right now. Um, so like I said, I was 197 Friday night before the show, which is now two weeks ago today. And as of right now, uh, this morning, I weighed 200.8. Wow. So I haven't put on a lot of weight yet. Um, we don't anticipate going over 220 because uh, we had to gain a lot of body fat in order to bulk this last time. So this time we want to be more conscious of how much body fat we put on my frame. So that way, when it comes time to cut and get shredded again, we don't have as much fat to lose. And so we really don't want to get me up over 220, uh, which would, I mean, that's almost like my normal weight is 220, somewhere between 220 and 215 is where I was maintaining prior to this. But we definitely want to get me healthy up to 220 to where we can actually cut down to 212. And on show day, I'd be 212, 211, because that's my weight cap for my category. Gotcha. And so are you back now to kind of, your traditional keto or what, what, you know, now that you're kind of quote off season, what does your kind of diet look like now? Uh, I mean, yeah, definitely still keto. Uh, right now my carbs are at a hundred grams a day or no, it's 200 grams. It's 200 grams a day for carbs. And we're keeping my proteins at 250 and my fats are at a hundred. So essentially it's just a little higher keto, a little over, my maintenance probably for carbs, but that's just so my muscles can grow because training has began and my body is now going to need it. That's crazy that you're eating that many carbs and you haven't put more weight from the show. Uh, you know, like I told you, I, I put on 10 pounds just like that. And, uh, you know, it's probably just cause I started adding the carbs back in and it was mostly water weight. Of course I was pretty water depleted. Um, so anyways, that's, uh, that's crazy that, that you've been able to maintain. So that's that's good. And a big thing about that is we've kept his calories still lower. He's still at twenty six hundred uh, calories, and maintenance is around three thousand for him. So he's still in a really good deficit. I wanted to really slowly, you know, reverse diet basically, slowly bring him out of a deficit because once you go from being so depleted in such a deep caloric deficit, and then most people just eat whatever they want, and then they go straight to surplus or maintenance. And the body just can't handle that very well. And a lot of people will balloon out whenever that happens. So uh, we're just slowly increasing calories. We'll probably increase another 100 to 200 calories this week uh, or next week. And then slowly bring him to maintenance, let him sit there for a little bit, just to allow his metabolism to adapt back to being at normal calories. And then we'll just bring him into a slight depth or slight surplus. Because when you're a natural you don't have the um, wiggle room that enhanced athletes have to where you can really push calories. You know, you see a lot of enhanced athletes that are, you know, three, four, five thousand calories, you know, 800,000 carbs a day, just ridiculous. But that's because 
their metabolism is able to turn that and it's, you know, designed that way. But when you're natural, it doesn't take near the surplus to be able to build muscle. And the higher that you go, obviously, the easier it is to gain body fat. So like you said, we're trying to mitigate as much body fat gain as we can, trying to do a really clean, lean bulk. That way, whenever it's time to diet again, we can we can prep just as long, do a very long prep, but that way we can get him that much leaner come show day because we could have probably dropped, you know, another three, four or five pounds of body fat overall and, you know, been the, you know, the tightest person there. So if instead of having to, he lost almost 40 pounds this last contest prep to get down to weight. So if we get up to where we only have to drop, you know, 10, 15 pounds tops, then, he can diet a lot slower, keep more muscle and stay fuller throughout the whole prep. Yeah. <clears throat> Very cool. Well, all right. Well, as we wrap up here, I always uh, like to ask my guests if they could give us one health tip that would make us healthier today. And so since I've got two guests on here, I'll let both of, uh, both of you guys answer how you would like. Yep. I've, this is the best advice because people always will come up to me and ask me about the gym. And when it comes to weight loss, it is not done in the gym. It is done through what you eat. That is the only way you are going to find success because I've done it wrong for years upon years and years thinking that the gym was the solution, but it wasn't until I fine tuned my diet that I literally could have went without the gym and been able to lose weight. So that would be my main thing is to focus on the actual nutrition aspect of whichever diet lifestyle you want to choose. Find one that you can stick to, stick to it, but don't think that your success is going to come from the gym. It's going to come from what you do and don't eat. Yeah. Great advice, Adam. Yes, sir. Just to kind of piggyback onto that is find what works and then let it like find what Find what works for your body. Maybe keto isn't for everybody, and I don't think it is for everybody. Maybe low carbs not for everybody. Some people handle carbs very well. But the biggest thing is consistency, is, is finding consistency. And that's, that's the key to any diet that you use. You can lose weight on, on hundreds of different styles of diets. But the number one factor, if someone does or not, always comes down to compliancy. So have patience with yourself and just be consistent. Time is going to pass regardless. Like I tell my kids, time is going to pass regardless. You might as well do what needs to be done to make your future better. For sure. All right. I love it. All right. Well, guys, I appreciate your time. Uh, Nick, congratulations on just your weight loss and the accomplishments and, and everything at the show. Um, Adam, you did a, great, did a great job. Obviously, you're very knowledgeable in this. So just appreciate you guys spending some time with me today. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to FitRx. I invite you to share this with friends and family. If you would like, you can check out our website at vibrantlifedc.com or you can email me at drgreg at vibrantlifedc.com.